Welcome to this interview about mental health and uh, creativity and how we can use creativity to enha enhance our well-being. Uh, if, if it's your first time here, my name is Spiros from Coaching Under the Tree and uh, I help people to overcome the anxiety and frustration of day-to-day -day life through a blend of coaching and meditation. And today I'm talking with Mike Wilson. The first time that I met Mike was in January 2020, when I attended a course, uh, the course Facilitating Self-Help Groups. And because I, I really loved the way that Mike used creativity for recovery and for mental health, I decided to invite him for an interview. And so hopefully by then we will all, we will all know more a bit about mental health through personal stories and how we can use creativity to, to enhance our well-being. So thank you, Mike, for being here and welcome. Good to be here, yes, yes, thank you. Would you like to tell us a few things about yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm married. I have a grown-up daughter, 36, a uh, cat, little cat. Um, yeah, um, I do various things. I do lots of different things, you know. I'm, Particularly in lockdown, I've been doing quite a lot of different things to sort of keep my mind occupied. Uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very well, very well at the minute. Yeah. Okay, okay. Would you like to tell us more about your story through through mental health and uh, what what's your, what's your story about that? Right. Okay. Um, I've had a couple of I've had two breakdowns. Um, one in 1999, and. Um, I ended up on the, the acute psychiatric ward in Bolton um, and I wasn't very well, I was, I was hearing voices, I had paranoia, all the rest of that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't want to be there and so I tried to escape from the wards and um, so then they persuaded me to get, go back in and put me under a section and put me in the eye intense, uh, psychiatric intensive care unit which I stayed for a few weeks, and then I went back on to the uh, general acute ward. But I was really in a bad place. I was suicidal. I was um, frightened of myself, frightened of other people. I wasn't eating because I thought they were poisoning me. So I was really in a bad way. Um, but what helped me through at that time was um, uh, the groups that people were running. And I thought, I. I I began to engage with those things and only a small, only a small amount, but it did have an impact on me. I, it, I didn't realize it at the time, but it did. And while I was there, I wrote a short poem. Um, so if you think I was psychotic and to write anything is, is difficult anyway, but when you're psychotic, it's even more difficult. Yeah. And the poem was called Creation Poem. And what it really said was, um, I was looking at my life, what I enjoyed doing and different things, but the lines that stood out to me, I still always remember is, and this is because of my Christian faith, as he said, God distills things of no permanent value. Now, I didn't understand what I'd wrote at that time, but after that, looking back at it, I can only tell you that, was, that what he was saying is, what I'd been through in my life to, to, to get me up to a breakdown stage, all the abuse and all the rest of it I'd been through, and I, I, I don't need to have it, let, let it have permanent value in my life because if I do, then I'm not going to move forward. So I have to do something about it. So I had counselling, different things, 
So that was my first experience of mental health services. Um, but at that stage, even at that stage, I didn't know understand what mental health was. I, I weren't quite sure. And when I came out of hospital, I went with a community psychiatric nurse to NIST, and I was introduced to a depression group. Um, and I, I started going and started. I worked, didn't say anything for a few weeks. Listened to what people were saying, and then suddenly I had this light bulb moment. What they call light bulb moment. I realised what I was going, uh, what I was listening to, that I wasn't on my own. Other people going through what I was had been through, what I was going through, but also. Um, that I could do something with my life and I could start to build it up again. Um, so that was my first breakdown. I went to Czech Republic in 2001 and I met a young lad there and lost all his family in a car crash. Mm. But his major problem was he suffered with depression because of what had happened. And even though we had to use the translator, we connected. And that was my second life bulb woman. I thought, well, if I can communicate with somebody through an interpreter about mental health, I can do that with other people in, back in Britain. So that's what I did. I, I decided to go down that road. It took me a few years to go on it, but that's where I started. Um, I then went to, um, to MIST for a number of years. I became a facilitator of group self-help groups for people with depression and anxiety. And then in 2009, I changed the whole program to a recovery focus, a creative recovery focus, so that people not only came with... Um, talking about the depression or anxiety, wherever it was, but they went away with something positive so they can, something to work with for the rest of the week, if that's what they chose to do. There was no pressure, but it was, it was giving, them, giving them some tools for them to go away with and say, right, you know, I can help myself in certain ways, I can do certain things. And that, that's where it's all started. Mm. Um, then in 2014, um, unfortunately, I had a second breakdown. Um, I'd had a heart attack and I had a triple, triple, triple heart bypass, um, but I was on antidepressants still. Um, and these antidepressants I was on didn't work with the heart medication I was being given. So I then, uh, um, I went, it sent me into a complete mental breakdown, even further than it had done in the first time I'd had it. Um, and I was on a, a transplant ward. So I was having mental health problems on a heart ward. Um, I was having hallucinations. I wasn't sleeping. I was having all sorts of wonderful dreams and nightmares. Um, I was dreaming of spiders everywhere. I was dreaming that I was going to be, people were being set on fire and all sorts of different things. And I was then assessed on that ward by somebody from the Withenshaw Hospital who then referred me, once, once I'd done my heart um, rehabilitation treatment, back to Bolton Wards, where, back on to Ward, where I'd, I'd, I spent my previous breakdown on. And again, I was a bit frightened, a bit scared. I was put under Section 3 because they said I was a danger to myself, not to anybody else, but I needed more intense help. Um, and I did. And I, started, I went on the wards again. A lot of the same things I went through in the first place. I then went on to Sue. Uh, we had, they had psychology groups running then, created uh, different psychology groups, and I attended those, benefited from attending. And then when I was discharged, um, I got help from my care coordinator to help me get back into going into society, mm -hmm. help me to go on buses. And eventually, I, um, 
was able to sort of, she got me some money from the mental health somewhere, which gave me some training so I could train people, um, adults, uh, in teaching them about positive mental health. Um, and what that did for me, it, it then pushed me a little bit further. I then became a part of the Recovery Academy in Presswich, delivering training to, um, to staff, service users and carers on different aspects of mental health. Facilitation training, which I did at MIST, but on a, on a bigger level, how people can set up groups and do that in a, in a, in a very um, creative way. But also from that, I've also gone on to sort of do um, various other things. Um, I've gone back into doing youth work. I'm a youth worker at, for Bolton YMCA. Um, I recently uh, became, went from being a volunteer to becoming a paid part-time youth manager of a, of a youth club for six to 11 year olds. And again, I use lots of creativity in that. Um, going back to church, I do lots of things at church. I help out on a, a, a community bus that we take out and feed breakfast to the children and do some you know, Christian input for that. And I'm doing lots of things. I'm now doing you know, lots of training. I'm back at MISS when we can be, because a lot of we can't be doing that. So, but I do still run self-help groups, but very recovery focused and very creative. Um, I run groups with Age UK on chair-based exercises, but again, I give poetry and stories and things. And I'm also, um, you know, do lots of other things as well. But while I've been in lockdown, it's just been helped me to sort of write lots of poetry, write new words to all songs based on lockdown to encourage people that this, is, this doesn't have to be the end. It's the beginning again. We have to start over again. So I'm very creative in that way. I do creative dance, creative music, creative artwork and all sorts of different things. And I go on the wards now and I run, uh, I say I'm now employed part-time on the ward where I was a patient six years ago as a recovery star worker, which is support-time recovery worker. And my job is to sort of tell the story to the patients but also to give them a, a, an hour's recovery session every week, a six-week rotation of six different recovery methods for them to engage in it, but also help them to think about how they can help in their own recovery. Mm, and I'm a peer mentor, which means I, I go in another afternoon, do some volunteer work, and then help people to sort of think about things and how, how we can help them move forward. So I hope that's okay, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We will have the chance to talk about creativity a little bit uh, later, but uh, yeah, your story is um, sounds very hard, but also fascinating how you you changed yourself and you grow through this <coughs> depression and you know all these all these things that you that you <coughs> that you passed. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, what what is the first thing that comes to your mind when when you talk about mental health? When I talk about mental health, for other people or for myself? Uh, well, uh, in, in general, I guess. Right, okay. The first thing that comes to me is that everybody, everybody suffers mental health, yeah? That's the yeah. thing right across the board. Unfortunately, for some of us, it, it deteriorates to a, a step where we need other interventions. But everybody suffers from mental health. We, we get stressed about things, we get, get un, un, unnerved about things, we're frightened about this lockdown is an example that we can all sorts of different things can happen to us and we get a bit frightened, a bit scared. 
unfortunately, like I say, unfortunately for, for a few people, you know, one in four of us, that goes to a deeper level and they need interventions and things. That's what mental health is to me is that I, mm. we're all, we're all, we're all, um, we're all having to go through it, whether it's mental illness or mental wellness, I call yeah. it. You know, so we've got to, you know, it's just how we deal with things. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you that, uh, you know, we all have the, well, first of all, we all have mental health as we have uh, physical health. Now, some people have better uh, body structure and perhaps some other people have better, I don't know how to call it, uh, not, not better mental uh, mental capacity, but it seems that some people uh, are, are more, um, <clears throat> how I can call it, well, anyway, pe some people suffer more depression or anxiety than some other people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to, to enter that, I'm, I'm just wondering, because right now we have this lockdown and this global, this global lockdown, actually, and this COVID-19. So I'm just wondering if you believe that there's any connection with mental health problems and this lockdown and uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I think it's created a lot of... Um underlying problems to come to the surface for people. I think, you know, it's just there's people being isolated and not able to go out and almost being told what they have to do rather than making some of those choices themselves. Um, it's very difficult for a lot of people and you have to, to be home a lot, you know. It's nice to be home, but what, to be to be at home for a quite a long period is, is difficult for people, especially if you're used to being outside, used to working, doing different things. So as that has a real impact on um, people's mental health state, um, because they're frightened of what's, a lot of people are frightened and scared of the unknown because this virus is unknown. It's not like when we're in a war of, we're physical war, we are fighting people. We, can, we could see, we can see the enemy, but we can't see the enemy. And that's yeah. the thing. So yeah. it puts all sorts of weird and wonderful uh, thoughts into people's heads because they can't see the enemy. They hear about it, they hear, but they can, they're told about every day on the news how many people are getting, dying, or hopefully people are coming through it as well. But we're told all this information and we're, trying, and we're having to do all this social isolation. We have to go to shops and keep our distance. And so not even communicating with people and it's, it's scary for people. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also this uncertainty that we don't really know. And to, to be honest, we don't really know what to believe anymore because everyone no. says different things. <laughs> so it's very hard. Uh, I'm just wondering, do, do you believe that there is any connection with uh, modern societies, you know, this modern way of living and mental health? And, I, and I'm saying that because I believe that, you know, living in a city and living nowadays in this, you know, fast-paced society, you know, we have stressful and demanding jobs. And also we have the social media that promote this kind of fake profile. You know, everyone is smiling in social media, but behind the screen, everyone is, well, not everyone, a lot of people are crying. So I'm just wondering, well, what, what is your opinion on that? Do you think there is a connection between you know, living modern societies and, and mental health uh, problems? I think the connection to me is about um, the more we, we busy ourselves, the more we sort of in the in what, what used to be termed as the rat race, faster pace and everything like that, the more we forget about what we really need. 
and that creeps up on us and it just affects our mental health. You know, we, we can keep going and we can, um, but, all, but we're, we're under pressure because we feel that, you know, our manager, our boss, our supervisor, whoever it is, um, is pushing us all the time to achieve more and get more targets done and different things. And it's all that pressure and that does have an impact on mental health. But also people, you know, um, you know volunteering, they're getting, having to do lots more work, um, lots more different situations and every, everything's so fast, but people are not slowing down and taking, taking the pleasure of just seeing something as it really is. Like going for a walk and saying, rather than go for a fast walk, and not, not, not enjoy the walk, but take your time and take in what you're actually seeing around you, you know, the beauty of the water, the, the, the swans, the ducks and different things, the trees, the flowers, you know, taking the benefit of all those things and, the, you know, the vitamin D, but, you know, very few people actually do that. Everything's in the rush or timetable and people don't yeah. take time out. So, like, it's lot, what this lockdown has taught me is, like, just, uh, we can take time out for ourselves, you know, and that, that's why that's taught me. You've got to take that time out, you know. Because otherwise, it, you will <laughs> deteriorate rapidly with your mental health. Yeah, I think we have lost this connection with the little things in life, like you know, going for an easy walk in the in the park and just smelling the flowers. You know, yeah. we 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 just harass, as you say, all the the whole time. <clears throat> uh, I'm also wondering, in one of the things that you said from the documents that you sent me, is that. You know, now a lot of people talk about cancer, but not about mental health problems. So there, yes. there, there seems to be this kind of a taboo. Why, why do you think uh, it's that? The thing is, with cancer, you, you can see it, 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 it's visual. You can see what's going on. People lose weight. People become unwell. You know, there's different things you can see. You know, you can see when they're having treatments and different things. So you've got a, you've got a visual about it. I think the difference is that with mental health, you don't you don't always have that. You might see excerpts of it with people um, behaving irrationally because they're unwell, but you don't actually see it properly. And I think it's that the unknown factor uh, that people are, are wary of. They can cope with cancer because. You know, it's in the news, people are getting treatment, we've got Christie hospitals, all sorts of different things. So they can actually visualise it, you know, uh, what's going on. Mm. But with mental health, unless they've experienced it themselves or they know of somebody in the family that experienced it, they don't really have an understanding of what mental health is. And they can't, vis because they can't visualise it. Yeah? yeah I once yeah. said, if I put, if I put, um, I broke my foot once and people have talked to me all day about my broken foot. And as soon as I mentioned mental health, it's like, whoa, no, I can't, I don't know what that is. And I, th I thought one day I'll just go, I'll go around with a banner on my head and I, I suffer with mental health and to see what reaction I get. You know, I didn't do it, but, you know, <laughs> that's sometimes, but, sometimes you have to take radical steps, but that, that's what we have to do, really. And it's, yeah. That's the difference to me. Well, that, that would be a very interesting experiment, you know, to just put a, a label, you know, I suffer from depression or anxiety or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you because it's so easy to just smile and not really showing what is inside your head, you know, all this perhaps suffering or whatever is going on. Um, but now I think it's a very good time to go to, to, to pass into some kind of recovery. So I'm just wondering, 
what do what do you what do you do and what do you suggest to other people for recovery for for well-being for for um, tackling you know mental health problems right what i do i i break the word recovery down i've got i've got you know it's like an across i don't want to across the kids it's like it's where you we we turn each letter into other words so the first way is the R is responsibility. Now, until we, like when I was having um, heart medicine, um, heart treatment, until my body decided to start taking control back, then I wasn't getting better. When it did, I was re started to recover. Now, with your mind, it's slightly different, but it's the similarities is that you've got to sort of become uh, a driver in the seat. You've got to start accepting what's going start believing yourself more and then start start taking responsibility again in slow slow amounts you can't do it all the good all the time it's too much but very tiny amounts and when you do that you start moving forward now the e stands for engaging so the way to recover is to engage in pro in different things so whether that's being an interest you have going to a self-help group going to see counsellors, going for a walk, um, going to a class, meeting people on social networks, or whatever it is, whatever it is that helps you to engage. And the next two words are in, in um, sorry, in current opportunities. Now for me, that's very important because a lot of stuff with mental health is because of things that's happened to people in the past. You know, they've gone through traumas, they've gone through abuse, they've gone through all sorts of different things. That's what's, that's what's been the triggers for them to have mental health or wellness. And that's, that's looking at the past. In order to move forward and restart to recover, you've got to engage in current opportunities, current things that's going on. And the more you do that, the more your mind's less, I call it niggling, on the things of the past. And you start moving forward because you have a more positive outlook. So that's the um, current, uh, the current opportunities. What to say? That's R E E C or V, which are varied. So you have to have a variety. Like me, I have a, I work in youth work. I work in children's work. I work in with elderly. I work in all sorts of different areas. But having that variety is good for me because I can, I can, I can engage my skills for different people and also doing the writing. So that's the variety, um, and variety, and the rest of the Y stands for you. It's a very personal thing, recovery. How I recover and how you recover will be different. I've taken, you know, I took a couple of years last time when we first break down. On the second breakdown, it might be another couple of years or maybe even less. But each person takes time, just like I would with a heart problem. Somebody recovered faster than me and went out to the hospital quicker than I did. So, you know, we all, we all, we all got our different bodies, different metabolism, different things. And it's the same with your mind. If you think of it like a computer, yeah, that's how I do it. Whenever a computer, we're all, it's great when we can use a computer, we can all do things. But when it starts going wrong, when it starts crashing, that's a bit like your mind. Because the the your mind is a very sophisticated computer, more sophisticated. And when it starts going wrong and crashes, Something else needs to be done. So what you do with a, new, a computer, you do two things. You put a new hard drive in, 
and you put new software into it, you reboot it up and start it again, and it starts going again. Probably a lot better than it was before. And that's what recovery is like, you're doing that. So that's what you're doing with your mind. You start putting positive stuff in it, you put, put new ideas into fresh new ideas to help you move forward, and eventually you start working better and moving forward. So that's what recovery is about to me. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I really like the fact that you talked about uh, the variety of things and not stick to just one thing, but perhaps also explore new things that you could do through <clears throat> when you have depression and you want to recover. Perhaps you can explore new new things, new ideas of uh, doing something. Yes, um, exactly. I, uh, you know, I, I have something in my mind and... Um, it's about if we can actually grow through mental health. You know, it, is, it, is it only about recovering and going back to our normal, if we had, you know, normal past life? Or is it about growing through recovering, become even, even like, like better person? Yeah. For me, it's about change. And I think the change is for me is I'm not the person who, I used to be, um, and, uh, and what, but it's, this might sound a strange statement to people, but I say it's been a privilege to have had a mental breakdown. The reason I say that is because I have had an insight into mental health that I would not get from a textbook going to college of a personal experience. But what, that, what that's given me is given me an impetus to move forward and to do doing things differently and to help others move forward. So there's been a, a complete change, you know what I mean? And that, that to me is what it's about, it's about you know, um, you, could, you could easily go back to, uh, to where you were before, you know, you know, joining life as it was, but not, not, and maybe going down, visiting the same people and different things like that. But if, the, if it's a negative environment and it's, the people are negative and they're not giving you much encouragement, not building you up, then eventually your mental health will start slipping backwards again. And to me, it's more about um, sustaining that well-being. And the way you do that is obviously, you, sometimes you've got to put, um, um, say to people sometimes, if, that I don't, not in a nasty way, but to sort of disengage from people who are negative towards you, because it's, 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 it's breaking down your mental health or doing things or joining certain things which are not helpful to you. You have to recognize that because if you keep doing that same rotating stuff, you keep going back to you know mental breakdowns and mental unwellness. So for me, it's about taking what you've gone through and then actually building from there and saying, well, that's the way I was. It's, it's been a process, now we can move forward. And that's how, that's how to do it really. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I really like the, the fact that you said it's kind of a privilege because, as I see it, you know, we can use our experience through this mental breakdown or depression or anxiety or whatever it is for each one of us and um, use it for our, own, for our own benefit and for, for other people's benefit. Yeah. Because if, if we have the capacity to recover through that, Perhaps we can, uh, as you do, as you currently do, you, we can, we can um, talk to people and we can uh, provide them some, some, some suggestions or some ideas to other people who, who haven't recovered yet. 
Yeah. So I, I really like the fact that you said that it's uh, it's kind of a privilege. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And now I think it's a good time to go to the creativity because that's one of the reasons that I would like to talk with you. So I'm just wondering how 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 do you think creativity can help our well-being? How did it help our well-being? You say, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I think it's just it it taps into the skills that we've got we've all got we've all got creative skills you know some of us are good at writing some of us are good at, at creating things some of artwork and different things but we've all got in you know, what i call in skills it's just pulling those things out finding finding keys to pull those out and then work with that um things i do um about looking at mental health but in a very in a, in a creative way so I will do things like um, the things I do is creatively. I do creative movement because I'm a trained community dance worker. So I use my creative dance and use movement for people to express themselves, but also to be expressed their thoughts and feelings into that movement and things like that. I do creative writing groups because again, it's a way of people helping to express themselves, to share what they've written and you know, get the benefits of that. Um, creative artwork. Um, I'm not. I'm not an artist in that respect, but I do like sort of collage work and things like that. And if I get, I bring other people in who've got all skills to help me in the group, which is you know it's useful to have. I do music therapy using drums and things like that, so I can help people do a bit of rhythm again. Get into like I do on the walls with the music, get the music going, and they play their favourite song, drumming along. So they're engaged in that process, but they can also talk about why what. what what it is about the music like. I do music sessions where people again listen to music and we talk about we talk about the words. But I'm also a, a trained shared reader leader. And what that mainly is, is um, when we're not in lockdown, we, we run community groups and groups on the wards. And we do what we do, a shared reading exercise. And what the idea of that is, that we read a short story and a poem on a similar theme, and then we break it down. So we look at the words and break it down. What is it actually saying? What's it saying? It's not a reading group of sorts where you're just reading something. It's about breaking down the text and getting people's thoughts. And it's that process of getting everybody's thoughts. That's what the shared reading is about. Um, so, you know, I, that's another thing I do when um, I run groups doing that. But like I said, I do the exercise, I do the things, um, all sorts of creative things, the writing, creative music. Um, mm. poems obviously I write lots of poems so you know yeah. all these things in creative stuff creative drama sometimes I can bring stories alive to a bit of drama get people to tell the stories dramatise it a bit and then just sort of you know see where we go with that but all those things are what I call my creative ways and what it does it gets into parts of the <laughs> it's like it's the old saying you see it gets in parts of the mind that other things cannot reach <laughs> That's what creativity is. It, get, it, it gets into the exploration of the mind. It really brings people out of themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's fun. A lot of it's got to be fun and it's got to be, it's great, uh, accessible for people. And everything I do is accessible. And, you know, a lot of times we're not actually talking about mental health. But it, the process, people will talk when they're ready to talk. But effectively, they are, they're, they're helping themselves in the mental health because 
while they're doing the activity, they're not engaging in thought, negative thoughts. So, you know, mm. the activity is overcoming that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, um, it's also about uh, through the creativity, as you said, you know, through movement or through playing music or writing or doing, doing all this creative stuff. It's about also taking the thoughts that we have in our head and just expressing them. I mean, I, I use, I write too, and I really like playing music. And I believe when, 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 when uh, because I also suffer from depression, and when, when I am, when I'm in this depression hall, and I, and I start playing guitar, I somehow feel a bit better. I don't know why, because uh, perhaps because I engage in something else, or perhaps because all this kind of spaghetti that is inside my head just comes out through through this creativity mm. you know i remember in the in the course that uh, i attended uh, your course uh, one of the activities that we did is that we were like um, 12 15 of us in a big circle and we had a, a very big cloth and we you, yeah, you yeah. throw a ball and we had to bounce it and keep it in the middle <laughs> yeah and i found this well, first of all, very hard to do because we had to cooperate, all of us, but it was very, very fun. And uh, I think it loosened, it loosened up all of us. So I'm just wondering, do you have any creative ideas that uh, you can suggest to the audience that they could do on their own home? Well, a lot of things, that, a lot of things I do are quite straightforward, really, you know. The idea is that people can do things, you know, um, um, because people have, have their own music, they have their own uh, resources, you know, they may not think a lot about it, they've got pens and paper, they've got things, and it's about um, just having, a th you know, putting together a list of different things, what you, what you want to do, and then resourcing that, and, you know, with the creative dance, you might not have all the equipment that I have, you know, because uh, I use lots of different things. But you can adapt things. You can use, if, you, if you've got a sheet or something like that, with your family, you can do that with your family. With your children, different things. You can do activities like that, like parachute and things like that. Um, but to me, it's about um, concentrating on one thing at the moment, uh, one thing, particularly if you're quite severely unwell, just concentrate on one thing that you really feel good about, say it's music, find a piece of music and then just do gentle exercises. There's no about, it's not about doing a dance where you have to get all the steps right. It's about your interpretation of that music. So like, you know, like Spyro would say, sorry, I've got to set it wrong. When you get into the music, it takes you into different worlds and different things. And you, you, what you're doing, you're absorbing your mind into that music but you also bodily you have an exercise which is sort of creating that music yeah you don't have to do it in front of your window so all the all the street can see yeah you know <laughs> you know it's not about performing unless you really want to i do that but you know that's just me but <laughs> it's about you know that's one thing you can engage in with the writing um if you go on the internet if you've got access to internet you can go on to um and ask for um prompts for writing creative right creative writing prompts they call them and it will give you lots of you know lots of prompts to start a, a short story or um a few lines or a poem 
It'll give you ideas, you know, like, you know, for instance, um, I look out the window and what do I see, yeah? So you, what you write about is what, exactly what you see outside the window. So, you, you know, it's something you, you can see outside your window, which is very individual to you. What's outside your window is different from what's outside my window. But then how you can expand on that is that it's different at different times of day. So you might see in the morning when it's really bright, but it gets into the evening time a bit darker. So you might get different things, you know, different types of images and things. And it's just about doing things like that, but not doing too much, just, do, just doing enough, you know, each day and different things and, uh, and building it up. So those are a couple of ideas. I mean, if you want more ideas, I can always email people then, you know, and uh, I email you. Yeah. You can put on the you can put on the uh, on the link. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah, we, we will talk about this a bit better a bit uh, later. You know, I, I I've realized that um, when I, when I'm depressed, I I I'm also more creative. So it, it seems to me that I have more ideas to write and I have more ideas to to play music. I have. I, what do you think about that? Well, you know, like this lockdown, I know I keep using lockdown, but it's appropriate, really. You know, it could do, it could do, it could go two ways for someone with depression, anxiety. You can let it get to you, or you can let you get a bit of an handle on it, and you know, accept it. And you know, I don't let it get me down. You know, I don't like get me depressed. I decide to do all things. So that's why I do the creative route. I've written songs with, you know familiar songs like Beatles songs, put new words to them and get people to sing them on the wards and different things. I've got a, a thing called pan, the pandemic dance, which is a bit of, it's the blue Danube, but I put words to it and we danced along to it on the wards and different things. So I'm using, you know, instead of having mid thoughts in a negative slant, I'm putting positivity in them. But like you said, like yourself, I, I, um, I am probably most creative when, I, when I'm not feeling too well. It's not very often it happens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite creative generally, but usually when I, when I have these, I call lock, lockdown blues at the minute. If I have a lockdown blue, then somehow it gives, inspires me to sort of keep moving forward. You know, let's get myself out of there. Let's do something. And the way I do that is sort of by creative writing, writing poems and things. Okay, so you say that it's uh, your... Uh motivation to recover that uh, somehow unlocks this creativity and you are able to, yeah. to, to, to come up with more ideas and to, to on the same time also to, to feel better, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm just, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I'm wondering, a part of creativity, what other tools do you, do you, do you, you specifically use for your uh, mental health uh, to tackle mental health uh, problems? What think for myself? What things I yeah, do for yeah, myself? Yeah, for yourself. Yeah, apart apart from creativity. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> what I do each day, I I, I I make sure I'm doing something every day. You know, I try to have a focus each day. Whether we have not, where I have a, I have something to do each day. So when you know, whether it's writing poems or getting things tidy, whatever, I just make sure that I've got something to take my mind off the negative stuff, something I can, that's positive, you know, write a, listen to a book, watch a, a positive TV program. And we can all watch programs about depression, anxiety, or not so good programs, but there are some nice programs, you can watch things. 
But I think it's about, you know, having that focus on, um, you know, thinking ahead a bit and seeing what you can do, you know. Can I go for a walk? Can I do spend time with my family? Can I do play games in the house? Can I, you know, create stuff for me, my youth club and different things? So that's how I deal with things. And it, it does help me, you know, all these things help me to keep well. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I, I get, I get the, um, the best comes out of me when I'm helping other people. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a, I find so much joy and so much, um, I get a buzz when I see other people moving forward. I mean, I've had a couple of examples recently where I've seen people come to me and they've uh, testified to that fact that I've been such help to them. So that does me, you know, it does me a world of good knowing that, you know, I don't do it for that, but it's nice that people rec um, respond in that way, saying that, you know, yeah, recovering and moving forward. So that's how, I'm, that's how I keep well. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I would like to, to say on that, that, um, well, for me, when I'm when I'm depressed, and uh, the easiest way to get out of it is first of all to be engaged in something, as you have already said, but it's also to to follow my values. So, if my value, for example, is to be supportive, as as you said, you know, to to help other people to to become better, to recover, then this somehow helps me to to not really focus on on my own issues and. Uh, uh, it helps it move forward and start doing things that will help me to to me feel better but on to the extent that i will help other people yeah um well another thing to be honest that uh, has helped me is to is, is is meditation you know to just uh, relax and calm and think mm -hmm. and sit down have a quiet time and see things objectively because a lot of times it's about it's about this ego, you know, we're talking about our own suffering, but we don't really see anything around us. <laughs> it's, no. uh, it's crazy. And uh, I would also like to add that another thing that has helped me deep with depression is to break down things in very baby steps. So yeah. even if I, when I'm lying in my bed and I don't have the motivation energy to do anything, when I break this down and I say, okay, the first thing I have to do is to uncover myself. The other thing is to put my feet on the floor. Then, you know, to go yeah. out of the room, to go to the kitchen, to, to, to make a cup of tea. You know, if I break this yeah, down yeah. in very, very baby steps, it's much easier for me to, to, to be able to process and do this. Because if I'm just thinking, if I'm lying on the, on the bed and saying, okay, I want to go and make a cup of tea, I will never do it. Yeah. It's just breaking this in very small steps that has really helped me. Yeah. Uh, we are reaching at the end of, uh, of this interview, so I'm just wondering what is the most important thing you have learned through your, uh, through your growth process? Uh, never, never to be too hard on yourself. I think that's right, one of the biggest things. Not to be hard, not, be, not to be too hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got, you know, you're a human being, you, you go through things, you go through unwellness, you know, physical and different things, you know, you know, we're all fallible people, we can, get, we can go through things and, and sometimes we get too hard on ourselves, too sad, we put ourselves down too much and talk ourselves about out of being well sometimes. Some people do that and it's not a good, not helpful. So to me is about keeping yourself well. If you can keep yourself well, 
then you can help others to get well. But if you're not well, then you can't help others. So yeah. that I have to keep that going. I've got to make sure that I can maintain that. So when I go out onto the wards, when I go out into the community, wherever I'm going, I've got this um, positive area about me. So that, you know, people will respond in that in a better way. Whereas if you go with a negative face and you talk about your depression all the time, people will respond in a negative way or not be so helpful to you unless it's a support or something. But to me, it's about, you know, making sure you're well and, you know, looking after yourself and taking time out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is there, is there anything that, uh, that uh, we missed, perhaps that I didn't ask you, but you think it should be, it is important to, to be addressed? Uh, I think, again, a lot of people are probably scared to get help and different things. I think people, you know, there is help out there. You know, we've got mental health charities that we have in Bolton. We've got MIST, Mental Health Independent Support Team, does self-help groups, advocacy and counselling work. Then we've got BAND, which is Building a New Direction. They do groups and they have people coming and helping with various issues around the mental health. Um, then there's obviously lots of support things going on. And that, you know, and other things that are not necessarily mental health, like, you know, organisations and different things, voluntary organisations. Th I think it's important that we can, um, we access these things. You know, we've all got, most of us have got access to the computer. So we can go online and we can type these things and we can find lots of information. But the important thing is we can do that all day long and never do anything about it. And I think, like, like we just said, you've got to take those baby steps You've got to take the first step, right, let's phone somebody. If you're not confident about phoning somebody yourself, ask a friend, a relative, somebody who you trust to do that for you, if that's what you need. But do it. And then once you've done that, then do the next stage and keep building up until eventually you'll actually, you'll, you'll thank yourself, you'll uh, praise yourself because you've achieved so much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to, to take this first step and actually contact someone because there, there are the facilities right now. Mm. Um, if someone wants to contact you, where, where can they find you? Where, where can they, someone, you know, uh, come in contact with you to, to be able to find more about the things that you offer? Well, I just have an email address, you know, I can, uh, you know, uh, I have one at miss, but I've got a personal one, which... Most people contact me anyway, so it's called Inspired Creations. You've, you've got it anyway, haven't you? So you've got my... Yeah, I, I, my, I, I can put it in the description. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 you've got it anyway, so you can put it on, on with it, yeah. Okay, okay. So people can contact you so you can tell them more about the things that you do? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Uh, I'm wondering if you would like to close with, uh, with a poem of yours that, you, you, um, that has helped you perhaps through difficult times. Yeah, just, um, I just had one, I just had it in this, my hand in it. <laughs> Sorry, don't oh, risk me a second, please. <laughs> right. This is about what's going on at the minute, but it's relevant to sort of, um, it's quite a long one, but you know, if it's too long, just let me know. Our world is called Strange Times We're In. 
Our world has changed these last few weeks and the lockdown crisis answers to seek. Living differently while we're apart challenges our intellects and connects with our hearts. Queuing for shopping to meet us separates us there. Orderly procession often in silence prepare. Allowed in through the supermarket door, singularly we move. Maintaining the guidelines of the government we have to approve. When we start shopping, extra pressure subconsciously absorbed. Not only our list of items are items there weren't enough to avoid. When finally we seek the out checkout to pay for everything, another element of distance and confronted by perspex screening. The staff wearing gloves and sometimes a mask passing over each other, each item to them as they scan is the task. Preferring contactless payment because money can transfer the virus, another pressure we face where others rely on us. I'll miss a couple of verses and just go on a little bit. What to do next as each day seems the same. Abiding by recommendations, relentless media proclaim. An hour of exercise with our household and low eyes alone, getting valuable vitamin D as in the outside we roam. So we return to our creative side and opportunity to flourish. Whether cooking or crafting, artwork or type, maybe written words to embellish. So to all of you, my friends, wherever you are, and I would say, not seeing you each week, I find it's devastating in every way. Each one of you is so unique, yet together we can make each other complete. We share our experiences and help where there's a need to meet. Laughter and tears know the answers we can find. Helping and caring to me is how our connection is defined. On a positive note, let's continue to remember the key workers in our sacrificing our lives to be able to guess. The relative human kindness we are seeing on our screens for every young child to those in later life, it seems. But for the foreseeable future, having to spend time apart really pulls the strings in each of our hearts. Yet looking forward to being together again, I find, is the driving force which gives me total peace of mind. How do I remain so positive, I hear you say? I take every moment as a special gift anyway. Having gone through major storms in my life to prepare, emerging from everyone much better than before I declare. My wish for each one of you is to discover an inert peace that gives you an outlook creativity to release. So during these strange times, you are better prepared and able to absorb situations in your voices heard. Just to end these thoughts and just to say, thanking everyone of you for making my day. Though I cannot see you, I remember you at length. All the work I do for others comes from my inner strength. Remember a quote to which I often refer. Here it is I am happy to share. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Wow. <laughs> I, I, really, I really like the poem, but also how you, you closed it. That, uh, yeah, that, that, that was a very, very nice poem. So you said you, you wrote it during this lockdown, right? Yeah, it's done, yeah I've done it within lockdown times. Yeah, that one. Mm. Okay, okay, great. That, that, that was amazing. Thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you very much for this interview, Mike. Uh, I'm pretty sure that people will get a lot from, you know, your creative ideas and also to get some motivation to start moving forward because that, that, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Onward and upward, as I say. Sorry? <laughs> Onward and upward, that's the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So thank you all, thank you all for watching. I hope you got a lot. And uh, I'll, put, uh, I'll put the email of Mike's, Mike's email uh, in the description. 
and uh, feel free to contact him or me and uh, that was all and take care. Thank you everybody. Bye now. <laughs>